Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video. My name is James Porcelli and welcome to another episode of Rootless Talk. guys happy memorial day monday hope everybody is enjoying their weekend hopefully everybody is enjoying the great weather fortunately here in charlotte north carolina uh it has been the opposite <laughs> of great weather uh just nasty rainy weather over here so hopefully wherever you guys are at the weather is much better and you guys are enjoying the sunshine wherever you guys are at enjoying the weekend with your family uh your friends and all of that good stuff so Today, guys, today is a very interesting but yet fun edition of Rootless Talk. Today, we're going to be doing something a little bit different that uh, me and, and Brian, of course, Brian is uh, is not here today, unfortunately, but he will be back with me tomorrow when we talk Monday Night Raw, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that. But today, guys, we are going to be talking NXT Battleground as well as AEW's Double or Nothing. So today, the plan was to do a good, the bad, and the ugly um for pretty much both shows but today your boy decided to do a little bit of uh, a little bit of something different today guys is going to be a versus edition today we are doing nxt battleground versus aew's double or nothing as these pay-per-views are going to come head to head and we are going to dissect each match each segment to see which pay-per-view was flat out better now i know that you know nxt battlegrounds card is a lot much shorter than AEW's dynamite's card, or excuse me aw's double or nothing's card so how this is going to play out so i have my board uh which is right here so for each round there's going to be a total of six rounds so for every one match that i cover for nxt we will be covering two matches uh, for AEW's Double or Nothing, like I said, because since the card is a little bit longer. So just to kind of try to even up the numbers, if that makes sense to everybody listening there. So we'll cover one match for NXT Battleground. We'll start off with NXT, and then we'll dive straight into AEW's Double or Nothing. We'll go into two matches, and we'll alternate that, alternate those two um, in that format. So whoever has the most tallies on this board, we will tally everything up. As you know, both of these these pay per views are going to go head to head. So whatever I whatever you know match, you know compared to AEW's two matches, comparing to a to NXT's one match, I will make that decision to see which you know matches head to head were better, and whichever matches are better, that match will go into that tally, and that will count as one point. Whoever has the most tallies will win this versus edition. So. That is the that is what's going on for this show. So a little bit of fun, a little bit of something different. Um, again, just you know, this the the original plan honestly was kind of just to talk a little bit about NXT Battleground and some type of a cold open, and then you know having the main focus about AEW's Double or Nothing. But you know what, NXT over the last several weeks and months, if you guys know, uh, me and Brian have covered um, NXT on, on those AEW Dynamite reviews that we've been doing in the past, and. You know, NXT has been doing a lot of consistent stuff. And I think, honestly, they deserve their own type of review. So this is how, in a little bit of a fun, creative way, this is how we're, we're going to review uh, NXT Battlegrounds. So those are the rules. There's a total of six total rounds. So whoever has the most tallies, you know, that will determine which pay-per-view was better. 
than the other. So I'm going to jump straight into it. We're going to start off with NXT's Battlegrounds opening matchup, and then I will get into AEW's Double or Nothing with their opening matchup and their second matchup uh, to follow Stu. But let's go ahead and start off with NXT Battleground. As NXT Battleground was live in Lowell, Massachusetts. Their opening match was for the NXT North American title. This was West Lee versus Tyler Bate versus Joe Gacy. Match time in length was 12 minutes from bell to bell. Uh, not going to lie, you know, for, for, for somebody like me who is not really the biggest fan of triple threat matches because I feel like sometimes, especially with triple threats, when you add so many people in a certain match, you know, selling in-ring psychology and storytelling kind of goes a little bit out the window and it gets a little chaotic, gets a little bit of, you, you see like a little bit of sloppiness here and there. But this match, man, was for, for a triple threat match, this was damn freaking solid. I mean, all of these participants looked like, you know, they were legit have been wrestling for 40 plus freaking years. Uh, but the match starts off um, two on one against Joe, against Joe Gacy. Now, of course, like the storytelling guys, if, if you guys aren't familiar with NXT, so Wesley and Tyler Bate, they're, you know, they're very, they're very close. They're close friends. So it's pretty much, but again, it's every man for themselves, but they start off going against Joe Gacy as Joe Gacy's the hill. I really like Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy has been a character over the past several months and even years that I have been uh, uh, really been intrigued by because he is legit a character. Um, and, and I've just been really, just really intrigued by the dude. And I've really been uh, keeping up with what this dude's doing, especially what he's doing with schism uh, with that whole faction with Ava rain, you know, AKA the rocks daughter, Simone Johnson, um, as they've been doing a tremendous job over in NXT. But yeah, this triple threat was damn freaking Sally. You know, Joe Gacy being a bigger dude, I mean, he hung with these guys like Wesley and Tyler Bate, who are more of that, have that more of the in-ring shape, if that makes sense. But Joe Gacy, guys, don't don't get it twisted. This dude can freaking go in the in the ring, and he proved that last night. So the match starts off two on one against Gacy, and then finally Wesley and Tyler Bate finally come to blows in the middle of the ring. Bate, uh, <laughs> so Tyler Bate has a farmer's carry and a Boston crab um, onto both men. Like, so he's holding on. So he has Joe Gacy on his back and he starts swinging Wesley. Excuse me. He starts swinging Wesley like, like the Superman swing, like similar to what Cesaro or Claudio Castanoli would do as Joe Gacy's on his back. A really cool visual there. Um, Joe Gacy hits a reverse DDT and a power slam onto both men. Another really cool spot from Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy really holding his own in this match. Uh, Tyler Bates super kicks. Gacy straight in the face so Joe Gacy has like this this cross face submission on and then Tyler Bate is kicking this dude in the face to break up the submission Joe Gacy just completely no sells it and is like sadistically smiling at Tyler Bate I freaking loved him man that is character development at its freaking finest bro and and that and and you know it, it's I, I'm I've always been very skeptical about people know selling stuff it has to be the, at the right time and it ha and of course it has to be for the right person and character for joe gacy being that type of sadistic smoke and mirrors type of character with schism it just it just felt right you know and i and i know i said a similar thing about with buddy matthews and with with the house of black it would just but just with with joe gacy in, in that regard it was just, you know it's just it just felt more right in the moment if that makes sense 
Um, so tremendous freaking character work there from Joe Gacy. Um, a lot of, again, the in-ring psychology was tremendous in this match. Uh, shocking to me. I, I had no idea how good this match was actually going to be, but all three of these men delivered seriously. Um, so selling is done really, really well. You know, a lot of these times, like I mentioned, you see these matches and just selling just goes completely out the window. But even with Wesley, you know, Wesley, he was selling a, a lot of minor injuries, you know, minor injuries in this match that he did, um, you know, throughout this, the duration of this match. And he did that very, very well. And of course, Tyler Bate, you guys know him from obviously from uh, from NXT UK. You guys know that this can, this guy can go as well. Um, Lee sidesteps a double a double clothesline from both Beatty and Gacy and then, de and then delivers that, uh, that double cardiac kick to both men. Um, Gacy hits a Uranagi to Wesley. So at this point, Tyler Bate has just been escorted out of the equation of this match. And then Wesley wins this match via a cardiac kick. His, his, his finishing maneuver for the W as Wesley wins this match and retains his freaking title. Damn solid. Good start to the show. Really, really solid. Good work. Um, I've never been a big fan of Wesley, but I gained a lot much more respect for Wesley for this match, the way he was selling in the match. I, I still need to see more from him, uh, but damn freaking solid match. Joe Gacy takes the pinfall, which, um, you know, I actually did not mind this. I, I didn't mind Joe Gacy taking the pinfall because the match was damn solid. I don't think it hurts him at all the way the match was done. So, yeah, NXT Battleground right from the jump. Really solid way to get the night started off. Um, with this triple threat match. So very nice job from all three men. And now we go over to AEW and their their way to to kick their their pay-per-view off. So AEW's double or nothing. They were live in Las Vegas, Nevada, as their opening matchup was the a blackjack battle royal. That's right, guys. A blackjack battle royal uh for the AEW International Championship. So Orange Cassidy, of course, is out there. As law as well as Ricky Starks, the Lucha Bros, Kip Sabian, Jay White, Juice Robinson, Pandito, you know Brian Cage, everybody, freaking even Keith Lee was out there. Swerve Strickland as well. Um, as that's what the match came down to. As as when it's all said and done with this battle royal. Because here's the thing, guys, with battle royals, like you you guys, I mean, it's so hard to review fucking battle royals because every everything is just happening all at once it's a schmaz there's so many people in one freaking in one sitting in one segment and i'm just like guys i mean the, the guy like this is no like why are we starting the night off with a battle royal this is one of your 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 only or your top pay-per-views of your calendar year and you start the night off with a fucking battle royal you have commander just flying from pillar to post off the fucking ring ropes you know, because that's the only fucking thing he knows how to do to try to captivate an audience because forget everything else in regards to try, you know, in checking off every single box to be a legit professional wrestler. Oh, Commander just has to walk on the fucking ring ropes. Uh, again, no shade to him. It's just a freaking reality. I mean, besides walking on the ring ropes and doing a bunch of flips, that's all he can fucking do. Um, but yeah, just made made no sense for this to start. The, I mean, this was no better than to have it on a fucking ring in the middle of a rampage show or even in the middle of a freaking dynamite. I, I mean, this was just, this was just not needed to start the night off, nor did I even give a shit guys. <laughs> I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I didn't even give a shit. I had two split screens last night. I was, I was watching this match and I was watching the, uh, and I, and I was watching this battle Royal and I was more intrigued to this freaking opening match. 
Um, it's just, I'm just being just the honest to God truth and just how I feel. Um, just, there's no way in any common and logics, common sense and logic that you can start the night off with this match, especially the way that this international championship just feels so fucking irrelevant. You can have orange Cassidy go out there and defend this freaking title. How many times you want it, it, This dude is in nothing that. He's in nothing relevant. There's no storyline he's in that's freaking irre- that, that that's freaking relevant. It's just it's just it's just ridiculous. So how do we get everybody, you know, some TV time, some pay-per-view TV time? Let's throw everybody in a fucking battle royal. Oh man. So Orange Cassidy and Swerve Strickland, uh it comes down to them at the end of this battle royal. Um and Orange Cassidy wins this battle royal. He he kicks um, he does the little shin kick, like the slow shin kick that he usually does in the middle ring. Well, he does it on the ring apron um, and kicks Swerve Strickland's hands off the ropes as Swerve Strickland falls off the apron and onto the floor. And Orange Cassidy wins the Battle Royal and retains his his, 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 his title. Guys, what the fuck are we doing starting the night off with this? I, I mean, I, if you like this, guys, that's fine. I, I'm not going to argue with you, but are you but like... To, to get people captivated from the jump, man, you, you throw a, a circus schmaz fucking battle royal. Come on, man. It, it's just for, for the international championship, bro. I mean, they have Orange Cassidy start the night off at freaking at, 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 at Dynamite shows. And now they have him starting the night off with this fucking pay-per-view. I mean, you can't make this shit up. Um, it just doesn't make anything. It doesn't make any. It doesn't make any sense, bro. I just... I don't understand what this accomplished and, and what gets people that much more excited from the jump to get people to, to get the pay-per-view going. You know, there was a lot of talk like, oh, well, freaking Las Vegas was freaking the crowd sucked. And they did. They, they, the crowd was not that good. I completely admit that. But when you start the night off with this, do you fucking blame them? <laughs> you, like, come on, bro. We got to start the night off better than a circus schmaz blackjack battle royal. For a title that no one gives a shit about, nor do we, nor do people even fucking remember that it's even a part of the freaking company. I, I just, I it just doesn't make sense, man. It just doesn't make sense. So, so that happened. And then up next was Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho. This was uh, their unsanctioned match. Match time from bell to bell was 19 minutes in length. Uh, Sabu was the special guest ring enforce, enforcer. All of the JAS were also out there, and the JAS and Sabu they start to battle battle each other out. Uh, I think Jericho and Sabu were out there with chairs. They started hitting. <laughs> it's like there were swords. You ever see like you ever see like Star Wars with their lightsabers? Like that's what Jericho and uh, and Sabu were doing with 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 freaking steel chairs. Um, and I think Sabu uh, he sent somebody through a, a table. I forgot who was who it was. Maybe it was Angelo Parker or something. Uh, from the JAS, and that's all you saw from from Sabu. So it just made it just doesn't make any sense. Why? Listen, we understand. Well, look, I understand like the numbers game, but again, like it's still five on two. I don't even remember Roderick Strong being out there. It just again, having all of these other motherfuckers just was not needed. Just give me Jericho. Just give me freaking Adam Cole, and just give me a good freaking match that's captivating and and, and gives me it, it just makes me give a shit, man. Um, you know, it's just, it's just ridiculous, dude. It just doesn't make sense. I understand it's Sabu. We all like Sabu. If you, if you're a fan of ECW, you know, this freaking guy, but guess what? 
nobody again he comes out and he hardly gets a reaction oh i gee i wonder why because there's probably a lot of freaking AEW fans that didn't that didn't watch ecw from the early 2000s back in the day i'm just saying just put two and two together and that's the reaction you're gonna fucking get and again it, and, it, and we talked me and brian also talked about this how it's just so just so out of left field for sabu to just get involved into into this situation unless there's like some history in regards to him and chris jericho then okay but and and again i have to still go back and, and see if there is but um but until then i mean i i don't know what the fuck we're doing here inserting sabu in this situation again because he's from las vegas i, I don't I, I just don't understand it but finally jericho and Adam Cole finally come face to face and they finally really get this match going. Um, and the match was fine. Uh, I mean, the match was, is what it is. I expected Jericho and I, I, I obviously being an unsanctioned match. Um, it kind of saves the, the narrative of this kind of being a little bit sloppy because uh, there was <laughs> Jericho hits one of his lion salts, but Harley gets enough air under the, uh, under the moon salt. And he, Jer uh freaking Cole delivers a super kick, but it was completely botched. It didn't connect at all because the the timing and the the, the air that freaking Jericho got into the lion salt or the moon salt was just did not look good at all. I like Chris Jericho, but you can tell this dude is just losing a step or two completely by the day and by the week. Um, but I mean, but it's still it was for the for for parts of this match it was entertaining. You know, Chris Jericho he. He applies the the walls of the walls of Jericho on Nicole. Cole's grabbing the fire extinguisher. He's using the fire extinguisher. You know, Jericho's grabbing, you know, kendo sticks. Even Britt Baker came out there. Britt Baker comes out with a kendo stick. He's she starts wailing Chris Jericho on it. So I don't mind Britt Baker being involved in this. And then uh I put the outcast in my notes, but I think it was just Soraya that came out and interfered in this match. Um so both of so both of those men or excuse me, women, both of those women, uh, Britt Baker and, uh, and Soraya go at it. So, uh, Cole goes to the top rope and Jericho throws a chair straight into Cole's face, sends Adam Cole falling through a table onto the outside. Uh, Jericho then brings some steel chains into the match. So both men are now cuffed together. Adam Cole hits the boom kick followed by another one, this time with that steel chain wrapped around his knee. So at this point, they're both cuffed to each other. They're both going blow for blow, punch, punch for punch, things like that. Uh, Brian, so all this, this, Brian, the stuff that you just freaking love, doesn't it? All the exchange of shops and blows, just something that Brian Thomas just freaking loves. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. But, uh, but yeah, but shout out to Brian Thomas, man. Shout out to you, man. Hopefully you're watching this. So uh, whenever you're watching this, man, shout out to you. Um, but yeah, so Aubrey Edwards, uh, I believe the the referee was knocked out because uh, Aubrey Edwards um, stops the match. No, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of another match. Excuse me. But um, Adam Cole, he, so after that, after that boom kick uh, the, with the, with the chain that wrapped around uh, his knee, he starts wailing on Jericho and Aubrey Edwards just stops the match. And Adam Cole wins this unsanctioned match. And guys, I'm not like the crowd was the crowd was just really not into this shit. But yeah, guys, the Aubrey Edwards stops the match when it's unsanctioned. A am I missing something here? Unless Chris Jericho was just flat out cold after the 
the the punches that were that were exchanged from Cole because after the boom kick, he's on top of him, he's punching the punching the shit out of him unless he was out cold. But but still, it's an unsanctioned. I, I just it was just so weird. But out, outside of all of that, guys, this match, this unsanctioned match, guys, was just. It was just very underwhelming. Was it was it fun at times? Okay. But guys, I can name a bunch of freaking unsanctioned matches that were just as better than this. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. You throw Sabu into the situation where it's just completely out of left field. Um like it just he's a he's a ring enforcer and he wasn't even hardly even out there. He was out there for the beginning of the match and, and just a battle with the JS and then you you don't hear from the dude again. So I just, nothing, just everything just felt so underwhelming um, about this. It, it really, really did. I mean, Chris Jericho, I mean, dude, the freaking, the, the false count anywhere that Jericho had with, with Strong just a couple weeks ago was better than this shit. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm serious. The really only thing that truly, um, <laughs> that was truly intriguing was, was the fire extinguisher stuff, the, the kendo sticks, and then Britt Baker. That, that was really it. The steel chains too was a nice touch, but then the way it ended, it was just it was just very very flat. It's an unsanctioned match. You have Aubrey Edwards stopping the match. It's just just comes off very weird. Um, just yeah, I, I don't know. Like guys, I can think of so many unsanctioned matches in the past. Hell, the first one that comes to mind is Johnny Gargano and, and Tommaso Ciampa NXT. It's funny, and I'm and I'm also talking about NXT as well. How funny is that? It's just that match shits all over this. Freaking, uh, what other unsanctioned match? Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho back in 2008. That completely shits all over this. The, shoot, the freaking, uh, there's another unsanctioned match. I think back in 2002 between Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels. That completely takes a shit over this. You know, it's just, hell, Adam Cole and, and Kyle O'Reilly. They had an unsanctioned match over on NXT not too long ago. That was even 10 times better than this. So you just expect me to lower my bar and say, oh, it was good. When I've already seen much better unsanctioned matches. Come on, dude. I mean, enough, bro. I mean, this was. It just did not. It just did not hit, man. I've seen so much. I've seen so many better unsanctioned matches. I'm not going to lower my bar and say that this was good. The ending was fucking weird. And now, because here's the thing too. So Chris Jericho was backstage. He's yelling and screaming, and he challenges Adam Cole and Britt to face him and Soraya in a mixed tag. So they go from freaking unsanctioned to now just a mixed tag match. Somebody make it make sense. How can you go? How can you go like further than an unsanctioned match? Oh, let's just throw a. I don't understand where where we can go with this now. So now this is going to continue, and 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 what? Now Britt Baker is going to get involved with this. Um, I'm sure it's going to be you know Britt Baker is going to do her thing, and they're going to try to make it work. The, these four are going to try to make it work of what's been given to them. But still, it's just like you you give them an unsanctioned match, and now the feud still continues to where they're just. They're just facing each other in a mixed tag. I, I don't, I don't understand how that progresses the story. Um, yeah, just just so freaking weird. So, yeah. So here, so guys, uh, I'm not gonna waste any more time. I'm gonna put my final tally. So round number one of this versus edition, 
goes to NXT. Um, and I think it's pretty much by a landslide. I mean, this that triple threat match accomplished so much more than than it did for AEW with a freaking battle royal that that nobody I'm sure nobody gave a flying shit about. And an unsanctioned match where it was just okay. It was it was decent. If I had to list a top five of unsanctioned matches, this match comes nowhere fucking near it. I'm not gonna remember this match legit freaking five shoot, not not even that, freaking a year or two from now. I'm again, guys, I'm just being honest. I, I and, and listen, I like Cole, I like Jericho. The segment that they had when Cole was cuffed to the ropes and beating up Britt Baker. I liked that aspect of it, but now you give them an unsanctioned match, which was the right call, by the way. I mean, if you're going to give Roderick Strong and Jericho a false count anywhere, and now, I mean, they had to give these two a bigger stipulation. I mean, there was no choice but to do that. But how can you now top that? How can you top an unsanctioned match? Maybe that, like, blood and guts, maybe? But I, I don't, I just don't know, man. Um it just seems very weird. This match, the crowd was not into it because I'm sure they were bored to fucking tears watching a battle royal. Orange Cassidy win a fucking battle royal. I mean, give me a break, dude. I mean, that battle royal is nothing that I could have seen on a freaking Rampage. And I hardly even freaking watch Rampage. I just watch it. <laughs> I just watch highlights online uh, because it's that freaking bad. It's There's nothing memorable about the freaking show. So... So round one, guys, goes to NXT is right now NXT is up one to zero over double or nothing. So so right now, NXT Battleground, they're starting the night off hot. They 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 accomplish more getting getting more life into the show than AEW uh, and double or nothing did in, in theirs. It's just the honest to God truth, man. Round number two. So let me go back over to NXT Battleground. So their second matchup was Noem Dar. Versus Dragon Lee for the Heritage Cup or the NXT Heritage Cup. Um, so for this match, it was two out of three falls with six three-minute rounds. Um, not going to lie. I, I, I went into this saying, yeah, this is I'm not going to be on board with this. <laughs> it just seemed like, oh, this is just going to be one of those non-selling flippity-doo matches. But man, like this was actually this was a lot of freaking fun. Uh, to freaking watch Noam Dar, and of course I know Noam Dar very well. He's been a part of the NXT uh, and even the Cruiserweight brand for a long time now. Um, so if you guys know that, I mean, you guys are I'm sure are familiar with Noam Dar as well as Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee re really reminds me of it. I know I'm an I know I'm a youngin, but you know, but still, I go back to stuff like WCW and all that stuff. I remember, you know, just again, just from going back and watching old old school stuff, Dragon Lee. Just the aura about him reminds me of Ultimo Dragon back in the early WCW during that cruiserweight division of WCW. If you guys remember that stuff, um, like I said, man, I may be a youngin, I may be a, a young motherfucker, but trust me, bro, I remember this freaking shit. Uh, so, but Dragon League kind of just brought those types of vibes um, in, in regards to that. But, but yeah, man, this match was fun. Um, I I kind of dig the the you know the three minute round shtick. Um, it just kind of flowed very nicely in, in that way. You know, it didn't, you know, where stuff maybe got a little chaotic at the end of each round and then, you know, the, the round would stop and they'd get like a little, like a 30 second break and then they would, they would go right back into it. So 
I had no problem with it. Um, it was very, very, it was very, very solid. So both men go counter for counter in the first round. No falls were given. Noam Dar score, scores the first fall via the awe-inspiring, ultra-devastating uh, roll-up finish. Noam Dar gets the first fall as he is up one to nothing after two rounds, I believe. As I believe they're now past two rounds at this point. Uh, Dragon Lee leaps over. Dude, this was an insane spot. Dragon Lee leaps over the top rope and delivers a hurricanrana onto the apron and then onto the floor, or from the apron and then onto the floor. Um, I mean, this dude freaking... And, th and this is the thing about wrestlers like Dragon Lee and wrestlers like Wesley, for example. These are these are the, the shows. These are the moments where you put on, wait for it, the bangers in these types of freaking matches. You know, th this is when you showcase that in a freaking pay-per-view. You can go all out and have the best freaking match you want. And guess what? Somebody like me will, will, will be freaking on board with it. But don't do that in the middle of a freaking weekly televised show when you should be taking that time to develop characters and to tell stories and to get people interest into your upcoming pay-per-view. It is just that freaking simple. So Dragon Lee was tremendous in this freaking match, as well as Noam Dar. Noam Dar was also was just was was just as good as, as as Dragon Lee was in this match. So uh so they're going again blow for blow again. So Dragon Lee is still down one to nothing in these falls. Noam Dar hits a spinning elbow after the round is over. This was after round three. Uh Dragon Lee gets his first fall with a tilt to work tilt the world reverse DDT. It looks something like that. I don't even know what the fuck it was. <laughs> it was some tilt the world world reverse DDT type of maneuver. It was just, everything just happened so freaking fast. I was just, that's just what, that's just what came into my notes there. So Dragon Lee now is uh, tied one-to-one -one, uh, in this match. Both of the corner men for Dar and for, and for, uh, for Dragon Lee, they were booted from ringside after they were exchanging blows. They were going, you know, punch for punch at the rampway. They're brawling towards the ramp, and they were taken out of the equation. Uh, Dragon Lee takes he takes a nasty fall. By the way, there was a, another. He takes like another leap over the top rope and onto the ring apron, and he takes a nasty freaking fall. You can tell like the ref is going into his earpiece. I'm sure Shawn Michaels was just like checking up on him or having the ref to make sure that. Dragon Lee was okay because that dude took a nasty freaking fall. If you guys didn't see it, go back and watch. Like it was, I was really concerned for this dude. Um, as soon as that happened, I'm like, and then you know he was able. As soon as they got back into the ring, uh, it seemed like he was okay. So thankfully that that dude was okay. It didn't become worse a, as it could have been uh, in that moment. So Dragon Lee, yeah, like I say, he takes that very nasty fall. Thankfully he's okay. Um, Lash Legend uh, gets involved as well as Jakara Jackson. Uh, they've been they've been in a little bit of a story with Noam Dar over the past several weeks. As they get involved, uh, Lash Legend hits Dragon Lee with a trash can. Uh, it was like a steel trash can. As the referee is not looking, the referee's distracted. I believe with with Jakara Jackson, who was also on the ring apron on the opposite side of the ring, and Noam Dar takes advantage and wins uh, and retains his Heritage Cup. And wins this match over Dragon Lee as he wins two to one in the fifth round of this two out of three falls match. Noam Dar, Lash Legend, and Jakara Jackson stand tall. Again.
I'll again going into it, I thought I was going to shit all over this. I was going to be like, okay, this is where this this is where I get completely turned off. But no, man, like there was just something about this match that I can't really describe that just got me that just got me really invested into it. Um, Noam Dar was tremendous. Dragon Lee, uh, both both men did did their thing. I like the interference with with Lash Legend, so you can kind of tell somewhat of a story moving forward. Yeah, no harm, no foul. I, I I thought it was tremendously well done. Noam Dar defends his uh, his Heritage Cup. And yeah, pretty, again, so far for NXT Battleground, man. Two matches in, and they've been doing a solid freaking job so far. But now we go back over to AEW. So their next matchup was for their tag team titles. This was FTR versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Match time and length was 20 minutes. Yes, guys, 20 freaking minutes minutes as well as special guest referee was mark briscoe uh mark briscoe doing the old school pat down <laughs> i freaking love that shit uh just mark briscoe is just like i don't know what i'm doing let me i know i have to do the pat down and shit <laughs> freaking mark briscoe was funny man in that moment uh karen and sanjay and Sadnam singh are at ringside of course um you know jay lethal and and uh and jeff jarrett they're trying to pull all these heel tactics but Je but briscoe is not allowing it he keeps he keeps catching them every time they're trying to pull some type of heel tactic or some type of cheatery in the match. Um, you know, so the pace is really nice and slow down. Cash Wheeler, he's got an injured leg. So, you know, Jeff Jarrett and Lethal, they're really targeting that injured leg. Dax hits a suplex. It's a superplex from the top rope, followed by a tag team tag team maneuver with Cash Wheeler. I forgot what that maneuver was called. Very well done. Um, I mean, it's FTR. You guys shocked. I mean, the, everything these dudes do in the ring is freaking just freaking gold. Um, you guys know that. But uh, Dax goes for a cover and Sanjay pulls Dax underneath the ring ropes. Sanjay gets ejected. Um, Jeff Jarrett. So Jeff Jarrett then grabs uh, one of his guitars. The referee is distracted with Sanjay as he's just been ejected. He goes to hit Dax over the head with that guitar, similar as to last week's segment over on dynamite and he and he accidentally hits mark briscoe with it so mark briscoe ejects him he turns around and he he tries to hit dax but dax sidesteps it and he hits mark briscoe over the head with that guitar um ftr hits their goodnight express finisher but there's no referee in the ring aubrey edwards comes out and freaking karen karen Sherritt lays out freaking aubrey edwards with another freaking guitar, she takes a guitar of her own, you know, <laughs> and, and you know, just just like her freaking husband, and freaking hits hits Aubrey Edwards over the guitar with it. Uh, freaking the crowd uh, is chanting "F you, Karen." So that the so finally, Las Vegas is starting to get some life uh, with due due to this freaking uh, due to this match. And and are you guys shocked as well? I mean, we me and Brian have spoke heavily, and I mean heavily about how. Over the past several weeks, this this feud has just been just been done very well. There's been an actual story between these two, and the fact that you you add someone like Mark Briscoe into this equation, you know, for people who are not familiar with the Briscoes and not familiar with ROH, well, now people are getting a taste of who this dude is because of this feud. So everything has been done tremendously, and people are starting to latch onto it, especially with Karen involved. I thought that was just freaking awesome. Um, Dax hits a pile driver to lethal, uh, Jeff Jarrett then hits Dax 
over the head with the title belt. And now Mark Briscoe is starting to come back to his feet. He makes the slow count and Dax kicks out. Jeff Jarrett is just freaking pissed. He's like, he's like, dude, like, he's like, you know, get your, I don't know what was said, but he's like shoving Mark Briscoe in his face as he's starting to try to wake up after that guitar shot as Jeff Jarrett is just going ape shit on, on Mark Briscoe. And then freaking Mark Briscoe just slaps the taste out of his mouth. And that slap um, leads Jeff Jarrett right into a good night express finisher from FTR and FTR picks up the W and retains their freaking titles. Damn solid entertaining match, man. Really, really solid. And I'm not shocked at all, especially the way that this story has been, has definitely been progressing. I had my, I had my doubts about it, but everything, everybody did their part very tremendously. Um, and it was a damn solid entertaining match. Uh, but people are going to shit all over it. I'm assuming because it's Jeff Jarrett, you know, because why is he going after a title and, and all of this bullshit that I freaking hear from, from wrestling fans. And now they're just think they're just thanking God that it's freaking over. Um, but, but whatever, man. Um, it's just, but, but clearly the fans had some freaking life into the freaking, into this freaking match. They've been dead since the start of it. And finally there's a little bit of life into the show. And, and that's, and that tells you right there of how good this segment in this match was. So damn solid, good tag match from FTR and Jay, and Jay Lethal. And then following that was the uh, was Wardlow versus Christian Cage. Uh, match time in length was 16 minutes in length. Um, for a ladder match, man, again, it was it was okay. It, it was decent. Um, you know, Christian Cage, I thought, did a tremendous job making Wardlow look good in this match. Uh, Wardlow, he's, he's like he's trying to. He's trying to pull his his best Shelton Benjamin and Jeff Hardy impression. He's flying everywhere. <laughs> um, he, he goes for a swanton, but Christian sidesteps and Wardlow lands onto the ladder. Arn Anderson gets involved. Uh, Luchasaurus is also gets involved early on in the match. Um, so Wardlow takes out Luchasaurus, um, or War, or excuse me, Luchasaurus was choke slamming um, Wardlow. <coughs> excuse me. But um, yeah, so Luchasaurus is taking out Wardlow. Arn Anderson gets involved, and Luchasaurus and he bite. Arn Anderson starts biting. He starts biting Luchasaurus's thumb, as now his thumb starts bleeding and everything. And this this spot ends up leading to Wardlow getting back into his feet. He climbs up a ladder and delivers a devastating swanton through a table onto the outside. For so from the top of the ladder and onto a. Uh, or through a table from Luchasaurus or onto Luchasaurus. So Luchasaurus has been taken out of the equation. Christian gets back to his feet. He's looking to take advantage. He climbs up the ladder. Arn Anderson stops him. He shoves Christian off the ladder and throw. And as <laughs> Christian falls straight into a uh, into a Wardlow bomb, Wardlow then goes up uh, goes up the ladder, retrieves his title, and wins the match and defends his TNT title. So. Yeah, so again, the only downfall I have about this is the freaking referees. Can the referees stop, like, making it so bluntly obvious of trying to hold the fucking ladder for people like Wardlow? It, it just it just comes across so fucking weird. It's just like, like stop, man. Like, the referees, they, like, I, I don't know if, like, that's what they're being told to do, or they're just that fucking clueless to know how the segment and the and the moment comes across it's one of the two i i have no idea but um but again, but outside of that i mean 
is this a ladder match I'm going to remember, you know, <laughs> for a couple, not even forget a year, like a couple months from now, probably the answer is no. But I, I mean, th- there's really nothing bad that I can honestly say about the match. I don't mind Arn Anderson. I like, I, I truly like Arn Anderson a lot. Um, I mean, if you guys know Arn Anderson, you guys know old school wrestling fans, you guys know. Um, and the involvement with Luchasaurus, it was fine, man. Um, you know, it was it was it anything that was special, like a pay per view? Like honestly, no. Um, it was just it was just an okay ladder match. So it's just that's that's just all I can say about it. But Christian Cage did a did a decent job making Wardlow look looking look really good in this match. But but what takes this round, guys, as I'm making my final tally, round number two of this versus goes to AEW. And you can thank FTR, Jeff Jarrett, and Jay Lethal because that tag match was damn freaking entertaining. Um, damn freaking solid. And, and, and the thing is with Noam Dar and Dragon Lee, like I was actually on board. I was very, very entertained with that Heritage Cup match, but there was just something more uh, about this tag match that just there was more good that outweighed what – NXT Battleground did in this Heritage Cup match, if that makes sense. Um, both both matches were good, but I think there was just more good in this match than there was in, with Noam Dar and Dragon Lee. So, again, both matches are good. And that's the thing about this versus two guys, is just because I pick a tally for a certain round, for a certain matches, doesn't mean I don't think any... And again, unless for justified reasons, if something is that freaking bad... And oh boy, did some shit happen, especially in AEW uh, Double or Nothing last night. That was was fucking ugly. If we were to do a freaking bad, good and the bad and the ugly, this at this point, freaking <laughs> freaking uh, freaking AEW Double or Nothing would be getting like a gazillion freaking uglies. Um, and, and, and what 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 am I talking about? Well, you guys are gonna find out in just a second. But but yeah. So I mean, if this was any other match on the card. Man, I I would have been skeptical to give this round to, to NXT once again. But again, you can thank you you can thank FTR and Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal uh for the performance they put on going 20 freaking minutes. I don't give a shit, guys, how old Jeff Jarrett is. I don't give a damn. I don't give a shit how old Christian Cage is. And he did really well, even though that the, the this tag match was way more entertaining than honestly the freaking ladder match, if I'm just being completely honest. But both of these men proved that it doesn't matter how freaking old you are if you still have it if you still have that that ability to perform and put on good freaking shit then you know it doesn't freaking matter you know unless you're you know someone like chris jericho or jeff hardy where clearly their age and their everything in regards to like their their ability to move in the ring and trying to make things connect and, and and everything in that nature, it clearly shows that these guys are are done, man. And it sucks to say that because I love both Jericho and Jeff Hardy, but but people still like Jeff Jarrett and Christian Cage. They can still freaking go. Have them continue to be in feuds and and storylines that we give a shit about. So and 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 I don't know if this is completely the end of uh of FTR and Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, but hey, but from what they were given, I'm gonna give a round of applause. Very well done. FTR, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, salute to, to both of you guys. Both of those teams did a tremendous work. So moving on to round number three. Oh boy, this is where it really starts to get juicy. So 
Going back over to NXT Battleground, their third match of the night was Dijak versus Ilya Dragunov. Last man standing match. 15 minutes in length from bell to bell. Guys, I'm not going to bullshit. This was leg- This was the best match of the night. I mean, for 15 straight minutes, I was on the edge of my seat. I was captivated. These freaking two dudes just went out there and beat the holy shit out of one another. Um, Die Jack from the from his entrance, he just goes to his wife and kids and says, "Hey, like leave. Like you know, they don't need to." He's like, "You guys are the kids. They don't need to see this." <laughs> uh, that just set the tone. Like, oh shit! Like this is about to get freaking real. Um, the fight escalates quickly to the outside. Dijak is, uh, he suplexes Dragunov onto steel steps. Dragunov, um, his, ch- like, I think he, uh, Dragunov was busted open early in this match. You can tell, like, the camera, sh- the camera was solely uh, pandered off of him. I believe the, the refs or somebody was trying to, was, was trying to clean up the wounds or whatever. Um, during that match, is that as you can, if, if you can go back and watch it, the camera was completely off of Dragunov because his chin or his face was already busted open. So they try to clean that off of him. Um, and yeah, Dragunov he delivers a DDT to Dijak onto the steel steps from in the middle of the ring. Uh, Dragunov guys, he does his best Shane McMahon impression. He goes coast to coast um, with those steel steps, or at the steel steps are placed on. Um, in the face of, of Dijak, and he hits coast to coast with a double leg drop kick into those steel steps and right into the face of Dijak. I mean, guys, these two, I mean, you want to talk about a brutal physical, but yet a fun, entertaining match. This shit was it. I, I, I mean, holy, and not only that, guys, but the storytelling and the mannerisms of this freaking of this freaking match. There was a point in the match where freaking Dijak and freaking Dragunov. So Dragunov is, is finding his way to get back to his feet. He's using the edge of the ring apron to hold himself up. And then freaking Dragunov, or excuse me, Dijak is using the ropes to help himself. And they both just stare at each other's eyes like, dude, like, I, like let's let's keep this shit going, dude. Like, they got those freaking angry, you know, beady red eyes in their face. And they're just staring at one another. It was just a frick. That's when, if you're ever going to do a stare down... That is it. <laughs> like that shit. There was just something about it in the moment was just freaking epic, man. Just both of these dudes. Like I can't say enough praise about them. Seriously. Like die Jack. And then this is where die Jack. He grabs a kendo stick. He starts to gain back the upper hand in this match. And he just starts wailing dragon off over his stomach. Die Jack is streaming for him to stay down, stay down, man. And he keeps beating. He start, he keeps wailing uh, dragging off with that freaking uh, that kendo stick, it legit breaks in half. I think he hit him like at least a good several five to six times with it. Uh, Dijak then brings out a steel chair. Dragonoff is finally starting to get back to his feet, and he finally starts getting back into it. And guys, the end of this match was freaking awesome. So the steel steps. So he's standing on top of the steel steps. They're in the middle of the ring. Dijak is trying to get to his feet. There's a there's a steel chair that's placed in front of him, like right by his face. D- <laughs> Guys, Dragunov delivers a like a Superman punch or a flying forearm to the back of Dijak's head, and as he comes down onto the ring, he lands face first onto the steel chair. Such a sick! Fr- it, it connected so beautifully. 
I mean, everything was slowed down. The moment of when the when the move was delivered just felt special. Like it wasn't rushed. It wasn't to, just to rush to the next spot. The story was being told beautifully, and the spot and the connection was just perfect, man. It was perfect. Um, and then so Dijak, um, he he's unable to get back to his fate, and Dragunov wins this last man standing match. And guys, Dijak, and guys. Here's the thing, too, and this is why I love freaking Dijak, Dominic Dijakovic, if you remember him early on from NXT. This dude is like he's he's face first into into the into the ring. His he's still selling, like he's still selling the shot from freaking uh, from Dragonoff. At that point, guys, like he doesn't have to do that. Like you collected your like you did your match, you collected your paycheck, like. These, you don't even have to do that, but guess why they do it? Because they care. They go the extra mile to tell the story, to develop their character. He's guys, like he's laying face first into the ring with the steel chair over his head, and his fingers are twitching, bro. His fingers are fucking twitching, dude. Like that's somebody that guess what? That gives a shit, man. They're not back there just to collect a paycheck, just to deliver a move, and just uh, just to. Collect their freaking money and just go about their day. No, 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 no. Dijak is somebody that actually gives a fuck about their character development and about this fucking business. So, props to, let, me, let me give another applause to freaking both men. Holy shit. That was freaking fun. That For 15 minutes, guys. It's not like this was like 20, 25 minutes. This was 15 minutes, bro. And... The, the the consistency and and what got accomplished in this match was fucking tenfold and and I can't say this was freaking this is the definition of a match being fucking great I will go I could go on for another two hours <laughs> praising this freaking show but now I gotta get over to AEW to see again I don't know how you ca- how you uh, <laughs> how how you could freaking top that but let's see what they do. Oh boy. Well, <laughs> what they do is is that their next matchup is Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm going back over to AEW's Double or Nothing. This is for the AEW Women's Title. Match time and length was under 5 minutes. Uh Hayter's music hits, she doesn't come out. Her music hits again and she's being attacked by the outcast. She's come through the curtain, she's getting thrown like a rag doll through the curtain. Um and now it's a 3 on 1 assault. You know, they're targeting that injured shoulder. And I know that there was, you know, there's talks. I get I get it, guys, about Jamie Hayter being injured and, and, and everything like that. I understand that, guys. But and, and this is going to prove my point in just a second here. So Ruby Soho is using spray paint in the eyes of Jamie Hayter. Akaru Shida gets involved. She attacks the outcast at ringside. Uh, and then Storm, when it's all said and done, Tony Storm hits the Storm Zero. For the W. That's right, guys. Tony Storm is your new um, AEW Women's World Champion. Guys, he, okay, but before I fucking blow a gasket, he, here's what I'm going to say. I understand Jamie Hayter has a legit injury. I, I get it. Well, guess what? So does Taya Val- I'm pretty sure Laya Valkyrie over in NXT pretty, pretty much has the same thing. Like, she has a shoulder injury. Like, don't just the last thing I wanted her. I went and this is what I this was my mindset going into this. I just hope to God that she just if she, if she does lose this match, which I'm still going to be frustrated about if she does. 
like don't have her go out there and lose in less than four to five minutes. And they fucking did it. They had her go out there. Guys, this is a women's freaking title. And it's a rematch. So people are defending this. Oh, well, James, like freaking Jamie Hayter's hurt. Like they had to call an audible. Guys, I get it. But but even though, regardless of all of that, this is a rematch that we've seen freaking not not too long ago, several months ago. And you put this on your pay-per-view. So you you put on a tremendous tag match with FTR, Jay Lethal, and Jeff Jarrett. Tremendous job from those men. And this is what you put on paper? A rematch. And you give the title back to Tony Storm. So she loses it to Jamie Hayter. You develop an injury. And if you're going to call an audible, guys, like, make it, like, have Jamie Hayter look somewhat fucking, I understand the outside interference, but guys, it was a five-minute match. Come on, dude. I, I mean, come the fuck on. And this title reign has been fucking irrelevant. That's also the biggest bl- blunder out of all this. Oh, well, James, like, they had to call an audible and everything. It's no harm, no foul. Well, no, it's really not because there was no freaking, there was no entry going up to this match anyway. And Jamie Hayter, ever since she's won that title, hasn't done a fucking thing. And that's no shade to her own. It's Tony Khan and not knowing how to book this woman nor his women's division. It is fucking atrocious. And I'm not, uh, guys, I'm not giving it, I'm not giving it a mulligan, dude. Just because there was an injury, I understand you have to call audibles. I get all of that. And I acknowledge that. But you, but you, her, her title reign, you, the audible that you call is just to give the title back to Tony Storm. Which she, I don't understand. And it's a rematch, guys. It's a freaking, you're already putting a rematch on paper. Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. And they actually delivered a decent match. So what, what else is going to be different that we haven't already seen? Now the roles are reversed. One's now a baby face and now the other is a heel. You just flip-flop. Guys, I, I don't understand. Like this, everything about Jamie Hayter's booking ever since she's won this women's title has been fucking garbage. It's been fucking garbage. Um, absolutely atrocious. And if, and if that doesn't get better, then you had an open challenge with the House of Black for the trio's titles. The acclaimed accept the challenge. Your, your, your former tag champs are now going after trio's titles, and they take a simplistic L in a 15-minute match for no fucking reason. Malachi Black just wins via his spin kick, or like the Black Mass, he used to call that back in NXT. I don't know what the current name of it, current name of it, it is now. But the acclaimed take a loss for what? For what? For what? Why? 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 Just to, just to have the House of Black on your card? Just to give them pay-per-view freaking, uh, a pay-per-view spotlight? Like, why, dude? No, the, uh, I got, I'm, I'm, you know what? <laughs> that I'm just going to just jump straight into this tally because it's, it's not even, it's not even up for a debate. Make a better freaking tally mark than that. There it is right there. Round three goes to NXT. It's not even fucking close. Guys, do I need to say more? You, I mean, guys, you put out a fucking open challenge with with your trio with, with trios titles with the House of Black that they're nothing they're nothing in anything relevant. They they just go out there and have an open challenge. It's 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 another open challenge that I could have seen on a fucking dynamite or a rampage. 
and the acclaim go out there and they take a simplistic fucking L for no fucking reason. Ju- just to have just to have the trio's titles defended at the pay-per-view. That's fucking garbage. And Jamie Hayter and the way that her, her title reign has been done, and I understand the injury. I get all of that, guys. I'm not I'm not ranting about the injury and calling the audible. It's just the booking aspect of Jamie Hayter and at least the, the title reign, the built up to this match, and just throwing out a rematch for no fucking reason at all against Tony Storm, just to give the title back to Tony Storm. This, this, even this women's title and this trio's titles, the, the prestige of it is no fucking different. No, no different whatsoever at all. The more, the more I, the more I talk about that, the more I'm going to freaking start to lose my freaking mind. Um, so guys, it's not even close. If you guys are being realistic, you guys know I'm right. I mean, this, this tally in this round, it's, it's no, it's no debate. This, this last man standing match shits all over these two fucking matches combined of what, of what it accomplished. I mean, seriously, it is no freaking debate. And right now, after round three, uh, NXT is up two to one. Going back over to NXT Battleground, their fourth match of the night was for the uh, NXT Tag Team Titles. This was the Creed Brothers versus Galagas, their current uh, you know NXT Tag NXT Tag Champions. Match time in length was 10 minutes. Now, I'm going to say this as well. I actually feel bad for all of these participants in this match because after what just happened the match previous, like, how do you top that? <laughs> like, I mean, like, you've already lost. Like, whoever, and if it wasn't the Creed brothers and Galagas, it, it could have been anybody. Who, whoever was going to follow suit after this match, you've already lost. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, holy crap, man. It's just like... I just I feel bad for me because the start of this match I was just like okay this is just a you know it's just it's a good match it's a good tag match um, I I, I love I love where it was going and then Julius Creed really got the crowd back into it he's delivering dozens of belly to belly suplexes and then a dozen freaking kickups I thought that little exchange was just freaking entertaining as shit um, you know I remember the Creed brothers with also with Roderick Strong um, you know and and everybody else you know, from over in AEW that was a part of it. So I, I, I am familiar of the Creed brothers of, of their work as well as Galagas, as, as well as them, them winning the tag titles. I believe that was Vegens Day. Uh, that was that was located in Charlotte. So I was able to watch that match and I've been very impressed with them as well. So, but yeah, so again, the Julius Creed is doing all these kickups and these belly to belly suplexes that definitely got some more life out of the crowd within this match here. Um, so they exchange blows. The Creed brothers, Galagas, they're exchanging blows in the middle of the ring. Ivy Nile, um, one of the members, uh, one of the female members of the, of the, I believe they were called Diamond Mind, um, as she uh, gets involved. Ava Rain from Schism, uh, she also gets involved, and she takes out Ivy Ivy Nile. Galagas takes advantage of the distraction and hits with Galucation. I believe. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. That tag team finisher that they have. And they collect the W, and they win this freaking match. So I know that there was some stuff um, in previous NXT shows um, with the Creed brothers at Schism. So it seems like it seems like a little bit of a more of a a feud. You know, they're going to progress this whole little thing going on with the Creed brothers as well as Schism. I guess that that's where that's going now. Um, 
But yeah, no, solid match. No harm, no foul. Again, it started off very, very slow. Again, not a lot of people were into it. Again, that's no fault to any of these men their own. I think it was just they were just in a really bad spot after coming off of that last man standing match. Um, I think they were just placed in a bad spot. But um, again, I don't really see anything that that was technically bad about this match. I mean, up until this point, NXT, and I've been saying about even with their shows on Tuesday nights, have been tremendously freaking well done. And so was this, and so was this tag match, especially towards the end. It picked up very well. The ending was well done. Gallagher, of course, has to retain those titles. It's no, it's it's no, uh, no debate there. But yeah, very solid tag match uh, from all four competitors. I just feel bad that they had to freaking start after that whole last man standing match. So I do feel bad for that. But hey, still they picked up towards the end and they and they delivered a solid tag match. Very, very, very solid. And up next. We have the TBS title match over at Double or Nothing. This was Jade Cardgill versus Taya Valkyrie. So another rematch uh, for AEW or for AEW and uh, and Tony Khan. So and it's for the women. You know, it's just you know, if God forbid, freaking Tony Khan comes up with something creative uh, for the freaking women. So this was another freaking title, uh, another freaking title match. Um, match time and length was eight and a half minutes. Jade Cargill comes out. Um, she comes out to freaking uh, that song. It's called Pretty Girls Walk <laughs> or Pretty Girls Walk Like This or whatever. Whoever sings that Big Boss Vetty or whatever her name is. Um, pretty sick freaking entrance. I got a freaking pop out of it. The crowd is just like, what the fuck? <laughs> they're just like, they're standing there going like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so it's got really no crowd yet. Actually, but hey, I was freaking into it. I, I, I again, again, I like... Uh, I, I don't mind Jade Cargill. A lot of people want to shit on Jade Cargill just because of just the way her title reign has been booked. And again, that's no fault to her own. It's just, again, Tony Khan not knowing how to book his freaking women's division. So again, that's, but again, Jade Cargill, if you know that she's in, she's improved tremendously in that regard. But again, the match, again, it was just another match that was no different than the match that they had on Dynamite a couple weeks ago. This this was not a pay-per-view worthy match at all. Uh, Valkyrie takes out Mark Sterling with a splash to the outside. Layla Gray gets involved. Uh, Cargill takes advantage of that distraction. Uh, Valkyrie hits the jaded finisher. Jay Cargill kicks out at two and nine tenths, and Cargill wins this match via her jaded finisher. That's pretty much. I guess you could say that that's pretty much the storyline in regards to uh, in, in regards to both. Um, both of these females is like, oh, let's, you know, trading finishers, the same finisher to one another. It's just like, okay. Um, yeah, so Jade Cargill wins this match. She continues her undefeated streak. However, post-match, Mark Sterling gets on the microphone. And I guess I missed this, but I guess there was an open challenge that was issued. And, <laughs> and says there's nobody left for Jade Cargill. So Mark Sterling's doing all the talking. And Chris Statlander, guys, Chris Statlander returns and she hits the ring. Um, and then and she pretty much, I guess you can say, accepts this open challenge. So she accepts the open challenge, guys. And guys, she defeats Jade Cargill. That's right, guys. Jade Cargill undefeated streak. Her 60-0 undefeated streak comes to an end as Chris Statlander is your new TBS women's champion. <sighs> um, he, here's what I'll say, man. Look, 
I can understand people, you know, not being on board with this title reign just because of how piss poor it has been, you know, and I completely get it. And me and Brian have been trying to come up with ways or, you know, trying to figure out, you know, women for Jade Cargill uh, to face and for her to, for, for women to dethrone this woman. So, and we talked about Chris Statlander maybe, but here's the thing though, guys, and I'm going to bring up a stat and I know she's been dealing with an injury and, and things like that. She's been dealing with a lot of major injuries with ACLs and ligaments and, and stuff like that. But the last time Chris Statlander was on AEW Dynamite Television. Now, forget, I'm not talking to Rampage and Dark and Elevation. Like, stop. Like, nobody, like, guys, stop. AEW Dynamite Television. The last time this woman was on television, this is, and this is no excuse for the injury because this was way before her second injury where she was taken out back in August. So this was way before that. You have to go back to where she was last time, last seen on AEW Dynamite Television. January 19th of 2020, uh, 2023. I mean, what, what the fuck, man? I, and now she comes back and she wins this tie. I mean, the, the crowd, there was hardly any, I mean, the crowd was a little bit into it. Okay. But cause here's the thing. I want to make this extremely clear. I'm fine with Jade Cardgill losing this title to Chris Statlander. I actually don't mind it. But here is my problem. Can we can we come up with ways to like guys like because here was my genuine reaction. Like Chris Statlander just comes out like, oh, it's Chris Statlander. It's good to see her. I'm not coming out there to say like, oh my god, it's Chris Statlander. Guys, stop. I'm not. Guys, if you're if, if somebody is seriously re, and this is no shade to Chris Statlander. She's she's a tremendous performer and she's a she's a love. She's a she's a lovely woman. But come on, guys, like we're we're, we're acting like this is freaking Paige, you know, a.k.a. Soraya, when she defeated A.J. Lee in an open challenge back in Monday Night Raw. I believe that was 2014. That moment was freaking special. That moment, because it was Paige, because she she had a lot of momentum coming off of NXT, and they capitalized on that, and they made a special moment and gave Paige that NXT Women's Championship. And now they try to create this same magic to defeat an undefeated streak in Jade Cargill. There was just something missing, man. Um, I just, you know, again, good for Statlander, and honestly... And if I'm going to be honest with you. I actually don't mind Jade Cargill losing it in the, in this way. My problem is, is that can we make Chris Statlander more like going into it? Can can we, if this was the plan, if, if this was the, I just, I wish, because here's the thing. There is no long-term thinking here. Because if the plan is for Jade Cargill, you book Jade Cargill to be a beast to be 60 and 0 to defeat all of these women and and you have Chris Statlander a woman that has been on elevation and dark and rampage she's hardly even on freaking dynamite and i know the injury even again guys even before the fucking injury she she has she's hardly even been on dynamite 
And if she is on Dynamite, she's in a meaningless fucking 30-second backstage segment, at least from what I can remember. So after, so with all that being said, just out of the blue, we just want to just give a shit about Chris Statlander and her winning this. Guys, like, I hope I'm making sense here. It just doesn't, it just comes across so weird. I actually, again, I don't mind I don't mind Jade Cargill actually losing this TBS championship because I was I was concerned about eventually where this was going to go, you know, because because I really because I feel like there to me like there was maybe an audible call maybe there was were plans for Mercedes Monet at before her injury who freaking knows and maybe this was the plan all along who knows but can we make can we build if this was the plan for Chris Statlander. To, to, to dethrone Jade Cargill. I just wish that prior, even prior to her injury, she was just, she was built as such. If that makes sense, man, you, you gotta make these characters and these fans to connect with the, with, with the crowd and to connect with one another to make the moment that much more special. You know, people can connect to people like Paige from a few years ago when she defeated AJ Lee you know, because, hey, you know, she she's a 21-year-old. She's chasing her dreams. You know, she's coming off from NXT. She's the hottest She's the hottest superstar coming off NXT, and she wins this match against AJ Lee. It was a cool little moment. To, you know, I think that title reign was near close to 300-some-odd days. Um, you know, and people are also, like, freaking shitting all over the way Jade Cargill lost this title. I, I was like, people need to stop, man. It was, I mean, you know, I can think it could have been, it could have been way worse for, for Jay Cargill to lose this title. So, but congratulations to Chris Statlander. I just hope to God that this title moving forward, you know, is just treated as such. And now Jade Cargill, I guess, moves on to bigger and better things, maybe for the world heavyweight, for the women's world title in the near future. I, I don't know. But I'm going to be completely honest, guys. And this is where I turn back to my board. As round number four, of this versus goes to NXT once again, guys. I, I'm I'm not. I'm sorry. I I don't care if I come across as a, a freaking as a freaking asshole. I, I really I really don't care, man. I, I really truly do not. I really truly do not give a shit. Um, it's just there was more good in that tag match than there was. And again, you're, you're talking about a a, a, ta- a fresh tag match with fresh, you know, teams that have never faced off against one another. So there's already intrigue with that. The tag match was freaking well done. A lot of a lot got accomplished with the interferences from Ivy Nile and, and Ava Rain and Schism and all that. Compared to a fucking a a a, 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 a rematch for the for a TBS title that you just had a couple weeks ago. And then Chris Statlander, and to me, guys, even Chris Statlander, I'm sorry, couldn't even save this. No, it's it's going to take a lot more for for this company for me to really, truly care about Chris Statlander, really, truly give a shit about Chris Statlander, that she is a woman to take out Jade Cargill because she's being booked as such. You know, I just, again, guys, I hope I'm making sense here. Um but yeah, again, I, I I like Chris Statlander. I acknowledge the moment was the moment was fine. There was nothing bad about the moment. It's just 
there was nothing that special about it, you know, and it sucks for, for Cargill. And I, and I, I agree with the fact that at some point she needed to lose this title. And I, but I wish that the moment just could have been more special. I just wish that as, as Chris Statlander comes through the curtain, we're just in awe and, and just in shock. As she comes through the curtain, more just more in shock when she won this freaking title. You know, it's just like it's it's just Chris Statlander, man. I, I don't know where, what people are getting their rocks off about. She's been booked like a freaking chump ever since she started. And I know injuries and stuff has held her back. I get it. But we're acting like this is freaking like again, it's Chris Statlander. It's no shade to her, but come on, man. So so again, guys, I, I know that might, you know, at, at this point, I, I'm sure I'm pissing a lot of people off, but guys, I don't give a shit, man. I don't care. I'm calling everything straight down the middle and I'm dissecting it as honest and as fair as I can honestly do. So, and that's, that's truly it. Moving on into our co-main events, co-main event for NXT Battleground was for the NXT women's title. This was for the tournament. This is for the women's tournament. This was Tiffany Stratton versus Laura Valkyria. Valkyria. Again, I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. Valkyria. Laura Valkyria versus Tiffany Stratton. Match time from bell to bell was 16 minutes in length. Guys, Tiffany Stratton. This woman is on her way. I watched this match from bell to bell. And this was one of my first few introductions. I've seen Tiffany Stratton in matches but never in a bigger stage like this. I've seen her in the tournament matches. I've seen her in the past with, 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 with such and such people on an, over on NXT television, but never on this type of stage. So this was, this was Tiffany's big moment. This, all the eyeballs were on her. And boy, did she freaking deliver in this match, as well as Valkyria as well. She deserves major props. The way she sold her leg injury and the way Tiffany... T- telling the story of targeting that injured leg for majority of the match. Um, Freaking love that shit. Really, truly do. Um, So yeah, she's targeting that injured leg. Tiffany is in a freaking bridge. She goes up on the bridge and she's cranking the neck onto Valkyria as she's targeting that injured leg in the process. Again, Tiffany is just, I mean, this woman, holy shit, man, this girl, I don't know what she has, but this girl is, is, she's on her way. She is on her way and she has something. And yeah, man, just tremendous job from her. Um, just from from top to bottom, from from pillar to post, everything she's done tremendously well in this match. Um, Valkyria hits a German and goes for a roundhouse kick and her leg gives out. So she goes for that roundhouse kick. She, the leg is given out. She's doing a tremendous job selling the leg. Love that shit when people do that. Uh, Tiffany goes for her moonsault. Uh, Valkyria sidesteps and then Valkyria hits the roundhouse does connect with the roundhouse kick this time. And Tiffany, she gets her foot underneath the bottom rope at two and nine tenths. Tiffany Stratton gains the upper hand. She hits that beautiful and guys, I mean, beautiful moonsault. I mean, that is a thing of fucking beauty. That is a work of fucking art. That freaking moonsault. She hits her with that and she collects the W as Tiffany Stratton is your new NXT women's champion. 
Awesome stuff, man. Tiffany Stratton and her era has officially freaking begun. Obviously, me and Brian have spoke about this as well and how this was a decision that just had to be made. Much love to, to, to Valkyria. She did a tremendous job. Um, but this was Tiffany Stratton's title to win. And just everything about this match, just from start to finish, was just was just damn solid, bro. It, the pace was slowed down. The selling of the injury, the storytelling, the realism, the facial expressions and everything. It was just, it was damn freaking solid, man. It truly, truly was. And Tiffany Stratton, um, she, she legit, she made a name for herself in this match. So if you don't know who Tiffany Stratton is, well, now you freaking do. As she, she delivered as well as Valkyrie. I want to give her credit as well. She delivered tenfold in this freaking match as she, she, uh, she wins that championship. She wins that NXT women's championship. And now we see where she goes from here. Does she sink? Does she swim? You know, now we're going to find out, but from what I've seen, there's no, there's no reason why I can't think that Tiffany Stratton has the potential to take that championship to new freaking heights. And now on to the AEW's double or nothing co-main event. This was the four pillars Fatal four-way match. This was for the AEW world title. You have MJF, your current world champion, Jungle Boy versus Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. Match time from bell to bell, 27 minutes in length. Uh, congratulations, by the way. I'm going to give another round of applause uh, for Sammy Guevara. Yes, and Ty, and Ty Conti. As they announced at the rampway that they are having, uh, they're having a baby, um, you know, and stuff like that. I think they just got engaged and married or whatever. And now they're having, uh, they came out and revealed that they are having a child. They're having a baby. So, hey, congratulations to them as that was their little entrance there. Darby Allen got a cool little entrance with, uh, with the honky, with the honky tonk man. I thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, or just, or could have just been Elvis press. I don't know. It looked like the honky tonk man as well, but I don't know. It just could have just been freaking Elvis. I guess Las Vegas, freaking Elvis. Uh, <laughs> same freaking concept, I guess. Uh, freak, but yeah, I thought that shit was pretty freaking funny. Um, MJF has his freaking entrance, freaking badass freaking entrance as I may add as well. MJF comes out with the throne and he has the devil's mask. He comes out with the devil worshipers bowing to him. Fucking loved it. Um, and now we get into this match itself. Uh, all three pillars are corning it or they corner MJF in the turnbuckle. So it's a three on one right from the jump. Um, Darby Allen goes for a suicide dive and gets caught with a cutter from Sammy Guevara to the outside. That was actually a pretty devastating, badass, freaking uh, pretty, de pretty devastating uh, spot there. Not going to lie, this the pace was like, it was so fast from the jump, like pr too fast, to be honest with you. But but again, this is what you get from, uh, <laughs> from, 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 from AEW television. You know, the reason why I praised the, 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 the North American title match early on in the night, that match, at least from the starts, was very nice and slow. You know, they started off very slow, and then all of a sudden from the jump, once everybody came to blows once they started cornering MJF. It just got so chaotic to the point where I'm like, okay, we, we need to slow the fuck down, man. Um, but, and this is what I was afraid that was going to freaking happen. You have all of these four people. They're trying to put up all these spots into one, into one freaking segment. Then they got to set up for the next spot and then the next spot. However, the pace did slow down a bit. 
Um, MGF's talking shit. MGF doing what MGF does best. Um, later on, MGF gets on the microphone. This is where at least it definitely definitely starts to get better in the match for sure. Was at least the second half part of the match. MGF gets on the microphone and tells Sammy Guevara to lay down. He's like, listen, you know, he's like, he's like, you know, you got a baby on the way. You know, you need the money. Just do the right thing. Lay down. Um, lay, lay down and take the pinfall. And Sammy Guevara accepts it. He's, he accepts like, all right, I'll lay down for you. Um, and then he, until he, he, until he counters that and he tempts a roll up finish onto MJF, MJF freaking kicks out. So that freaking offer just goes completely out the window. Once again, um, the fight then spills out into the crowd. Darby clotheslines MJF and jungle boy onto the outside. All four men are exchanging blows in the middle of the ring. The three pillars then take out MJF as well. So they're going back to have solely focused on taking out MJF. MJF low blows Sammy Guevara. Darby hits MJF with the skateboard. Um, yeah, so Darby, his his signature freaking skateboard, whatever the fuck he uses, he hits uh, he hits MJF over the back of the head with it. Um, uses the headlock takedown or hits a coffin drop and a headlock takedown, as that's also been part of the story, I guess, with Darby and MJF has been this headlock takedown or whatever. Uh, Jungle Boy. Uh, breaks up the pinfall. Jungle Boy is now looking to use the title as a weapon, but then he can't bring himself to do it. Kind of similar to what we saw with uh, with Christian Cage in that type of story. It seems to me like we're kind of telling the same type of shtick with with Jungle Boy. Like it's, he's trying to find that killer instinct, and it's like, oh, he can't bring himself to do it. Um, just. I don't know. It's just, I mean, we saw that with Christian Cage and now it's just like, you're trying to start a new fresh story with MJF. And it's just like, I, I don't know. I mean, I can understand why people get on board with it. I mean, it was fine at the end of the day. I just like, just wish that we can develop jungle boy in this situation a whole lot better, if that makes sense. But so, yeah, so jungle boy can't bring himself to, to, to use the title. Darby Allen hits the coffin drop. However, MJF slips he slips in a chair, or he, I'm sorry, he slips in his title belt onto Jungle Boy. So, so Darby's going for the coffin drop. He hits Jungle Boy with it. However, <laughs> Darby hits the bat, hits his back onto that onto that gold title belt, and because of that, MJF he then hits his own headlock takedown onto Darby Allen and wins the match as MJF retains his AEW world title. So obviously of course I was going to I was going to say that this if I were to do a bad a good and the bad good and the bad and the ugly in this review I can speak. <laughs> um if MJF were to lose this this was going to go straight into the ugly. I mean there's no questions asked. So MJF winning this match of course was the right call but again and this is where I just going what did this do for Jungle Boy Darby? Again, they put on a tremendous performance. The match was fine. At least the second half portion was fine. But for first half of the match, it was so... Again, there was no... Everybody was setting up for the next spot. It was very chaotic. Finally, the pace was slowed down. There was a purpose behind each move set. So it started to finally pick up a little bit towards the end of it. Um, and MJF, of course, the right person won. So again, the match was fine. I had no problem with this match. However, 
And this is where I go back to my board, ladies and gentlemen. And I know I'm going to get a lot of people triggered because of this, man. Round number five of this versus goes to NXT. I know. Oh, James, what are you smoking, man? Are you smoking crack? Are you on something? No, guys, here's why. Okay, I'm, I'm going to explain why. Listen, was none of the listen, I'm not making this tally because one of the because the four pillars match was not good. The match was fine. It was actually one of the most decent matches on this on this uh on this card to be quite honest with you. But a lot more got accomplished within the match one-on-one than it did with four fucking different individuals. Where the first half of this match was so chaotic, yes, MJF won the match and the right call was made. But again, guys, just because they're bigger names, right? Just because they're bigger names, it's a it, it's for a bigger title, doesn't mean that th- doesn't mean that Tiffany Stratton and, and Valkyria didn't 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 do just as such, didn't do just as better because they did. And I understand it's a t- it's a freaking uh, it's it's a tournament match. I completely understand that. But guys, the match itself, I'm just talking about the match itself. The match itself with Tiffany and Valkyria was freaking really freaking damn good. The the selling of the injured leg, the mannerisms, Tiffany and Valkyria, the, the sense of, yeah, the realism in their face, the realism in the situation of the match, everything was just told beautifully and it was just so much more smoother. Everything was just told beautifully. And, and the match was just done very well done. Where the first half of this match, guys, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I, I mean, it was fucking chaotic. And, that, and, and, and the thing is as well, and me and Brian, and if you guys know this platform, me and Brian have also spoken about this um, for the past several weeks. Like, MJF is going to win this match, but... Like, why does everybody, the pillars, the future of your company is all in one match? If this was just MJF versus Sammy Guevara, then that tally would be completely different, I assure you. If this was MJF versus just Darby Allen one-on-one, if this was just MJF versus Jungle Boy one-on-one, that tally would be a completely different story. But the fact that you involve all of these three other people and you have them all take this freaking loss and who knows for Sammy Guevara. I feel like AEW really has something going with with Sammy Guevara. I feel like there is plans for him. But for Darby and for Jungle Boy, where do they go from here? You know, it's like you, you it's like they're they're in a they're in a main event. Well, a co-main event, I should say. And that tells you everything you need to know as well that MJ. That Tony Khan decided to take the anarchy in the arena and place that in the main event in regards to this match. Because I'm sure Tony Khan even knows that this four pillars freaking fatal four-way match just did not deserve to end the show. It, it just didn't. And that's why. That's that's freaking why the tally is the tally that it is right now in regards to the to this round in this versus. That's why the match is good. If this was a regular good, the bad and the ugly, just strictly just talking AEW double or nothing. This is a good, 
this 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 goes into a good column nine out of ten times, ninety nine percent of the time, no question about it. But again, God, I can't I can't just ignore all of the other flaws about the match, and especially comparing this to Tiffany Stratton and Valkyria and the and these two women, how they just went out there for sixteen minutes from bell to bell, just put on tremendous performance. I'm sorry, man. And just because it's MJF, they're, they're bigger names. Right? It doesn't mean a fucking thing. It's like, oh, how do you pick freaking MJF, a title, uh, an AEW world title match with MJF in it over two women in NXT? Well, I just fucking did. Doesn't matter, guys. I'm not choosing fucking names. I'm choosing with my honest critique of what match was better. I'm not, you know, I'm not chasing after names, man. I'm not just picking names. I'm not just, oh, it's just, it's MJF. We all love MJF. Here, let me, let's mark the talent. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. I am dissecting this as honest and as, as fair as I can freaking be. And when it comes to NXT Battleground and AW Double or Nothing, freaking NXT Battleground has done, has just done more. And that's that's it, man. That's and that's it. So if you guys are upset with that, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I really don't. I, I I saw more that got accomplished in this NXT show than it did with Double or Nothing. Out of everything that I just dissect and everything that I just talked about, you know. And and like I said, if there was if this was strictly a a good, the bad, and the ugly. For for AEW's double or nothing, guys. Trust me, Chris Statlander uh, beating Jade Cargill. Who knows? That could be that could be a tally in the good column. Freaking Wardlow and freaking and Christian Cage. That's a tally in the good column. You know, this freaking fatal four way match. That's a tally in the good. It's not a great. I've seen. It's it's definitely not a great. I'm sorry. I can't go as far to say it was freaking great, especially the main event that I'm going to get into in just a second. I can't do that, man. I'm not going to lower my freaking bar. You know, the unsanctioned match, man. I've seen 10,000 more entertaining unsanctioned matches than I saw with, with freaking Adam Cole and Chris Jericho. Just being honest. And comparing that to freaking to, to freaking NXT Battleground and, and, and the opening matchup with the note with with the with, with the with the triple threat for the North American title, more got accomplished and more was entertaining than that fucking unsanctioned match. It's just the honest truth, bro. If you don't like it. I don't know what to tell you. So, again, I could, like, guys, I could be a legit, like, I could be legit biased. I could be as as biased as I can be. And this board would be completely different than what it is right now. Seriously. But but I'm not. I'm not going to do it. Because I'm not that type of freaking critic. I'm not that type of podcaster. So, that's that's all I'm going to say. Moving on to now our main events. This is the final round of this versus as we go into the main event slot. I'm going to start off with NXT Battleground here. Your main event for NXT Battleground was Carmelo Hayes versus Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. Um, Braun Breaker comes out with the dog face mask. His fucking entrance was sick. It was freaking badass. Freaking loved it. Trick Williams does his introduction for Carmelo Hayes. Not going to lie about this, this, and I'm, you know, at this point with NXT Battleground, I'm like, all right, man, this has been a tremendous freaking show. Hopefully they can really end with some fireworks here. 
to me, man, this this was the complete opposite. This was just another just another ordinary match. And I know a lot of people are high on Carmelo Hayes. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't see what other people are seeing in Carmelo Hayes. I just see a decent. I just see a decent to good wrestler. I don't see anything that special about Carmelo Hayes. I just don't. Um, I need to see more of this dude for me to call him to 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 say that he's him, <laughs> right? I, I just I can't do it, man. Um, but Braun Breaker was tremendous in this match. Really, like you can tell this. You can tell when people are just born to be natural freaking heels. Braun Breaker is one of those people. He's talking shit to the crowd, just freaking taunting the crowd and shit, saying that Boston sucks. <laughs> just, yeah, just freaking awesome. Heel Braun Breaker is best for freaking business. Let me just put it that way. Um, the best spot of the night was freaking, uh, or the best spot of this match, I should say. Carmelo springboarding off the freaking, uh, off the ropes and just, and Braun Breaker just spearing freaking Carmelo Hayes into next week. Um, as Carmelo Hayes kicks out of that spear, just a devastating spear, man, from Braun Breaker. That was like the biggest pop out of the freaking match. Because outside of that, this was just a decent match that I could just see on an NXT show. Um, just nothing was really that was, you know, captivating, if I should say, about this match. Um, and when it was all said and done, uh, Carmelo Hayes wins this match via his leg drop from the top rope. And that's it. Carmelo Hayes wins one, two, three. And Carmelo Hayes retains that title. And it seems like that Braun Breaker is main roster bound at this point. Because I don't know where else, what, I mean, especially for a simplistic ending like that, I, I would have ended the show way better than that. I mean, if you're, if, if we're talking good, the bad, and the ugly, that's getting an ugly for me. I mean, you're sending off Braun Breaker off of NXT and then that, that, that's how you sign him off. It was a fucking leg drop. You're telling me one fucking leg drop just takes out freaking big badass freaking Braun Breaker? Come on, man. That that was like I was like really. And the match itself was just it was just okay. It was just decent. Um, not not gonna get overhyped about the the freaking match. Um, as they're really I guess they're just really putting a lot of stock into Carmelo Hayes. Again, I need to see more of Carmelo Hayes, man. But that really underwhelming. Really, really underwhelming. Um, stuff with NXT and the way they went off the show, but overall, very decent, very, very good show. Not, not just decent, very good show. I just wish the ending of the show could have just been better and just, and to send Braun Breaker off of NXT television, much more of a, of a, of a moment than, than, than it was with this, than, than it was with this match. But, and now we move on to AEW's uh, double or nothing and their main event, their main event was Anarchy in the arena this is the blackpool combat club the bcc versus the elite uh the bcc they enter through the crowd um doing like the shield type of shtick there's like a band playing as well at the top of the stage uh the fight then escalates like the 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 bucks and freaking the elite they just bring the fight straight to them as they're starting to fight in the crowd um the band is still playing uh, the band is still freaking playing. Freaking the Bucks just super kicked the lead singer for good measure. As now the fight really starts to get juicy and really starts to get good after that. You know, you got the freaking, I mean, guys, I mean, this is a match where you really can't even dissect and review. <laughs> you just sit back and you just enjoy this fucking shit, especially the way things have transpired in regards to Don Callis. Don Callis was at ringside uh, on commentary for this match. 
Uh, the, again, the fight escalates all over the arena in the ring, on the stage. I think it was Claudio and Matt Jackson were back in concessions. Uh, Moxley is already wearing the crimson mask. If you guys know John Moxley, you know within one to two minutes, this guy's already fucking bleeding. <laughs> uh, good old freaking John Moxley. That's why we love John Moxley, right? Uh, Matt Jackson and Claudio Castanoli, they're brawling outside of the arena. Claudio delivers a freaking pile driver on, on the back of a white pickup truck. Uh, pretty badass freaking scene there. Uh, that takes Matt Jackson out of the equation for now. Uh, Matt Jackson then comes back into the ring. God, this caught me straight off guard. This dude delivers a super kick, and Pyro just explodes off of this dude's fucking foot. I was like, what? <laughs> dude, that was like, whoa. <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't know. I mean, did he put some titanium around his freaking foot? I mean, I, he just super kicks, and I just see explosions. I was like, what the fuck was that? Um, but yeah, man. And then thumbtacks are now involved. Uh, freaking Mac Jackson, his freaking foot. I think, uh, there was a, his, he ended up stepping onto a bunch of thumbtacks. Um, the BCC are like, they're shoving thumbtacks into freaking Mac Jackson's mouth and having him spit it out. And sh I'm like, dude, this is where it gets really gruesome and really, and, and really gory. If that makes sense here. Um, just a lot of crazy shit. I mean, it's the BCC, man. I mean, that's just, <laughs> this is what the fuck they do, bro. Um, just again, really entertaining freaking match. This was a, this was really damn freaking solid. It's so, so far so good as we go through this match here. Um, so yeah, thumbtacks are being used. Um, Yuta uses the screwdriver. So I think this was handed to Don Callis. So now later on the match, Don Callis is getting involved. Uh, Wheeler Yuta uses the screwdriver. I forgot who was on, but he uses the screwdriver. Um, I believe, was it to Kenny Omega? Maybe it was to somebody else. I don't remember. Maybe to one of the Young Bucks. I'm not sure. I have to go back and watch that. Um, Don Callis and Kenny Omega. I believe it was Kenny Omega because Kenny Omega was in the ring. And then shortly after, he takes out Yuta um, in that match. Um, and then Don Callis and Kenny Omega come face to face. And now this is where it gets juicy. As a masked man, a masked superstar comes out and attacks Kenny Omega from behind and reveals to be take a shit up. It's take a shit. <laughs> but but all, all seriousness, Kenosuke Takeshka is revealed to be the mask the mask superstar. He takes off the, the hood of the mask and it reveals to be Takeshka as he takes out Kenny Omega. Seems to me like he's officially joined the BCC. And me and Brian have spoke heavily about that, that where he suits best in regards to his in-ring ability and his, his, uh, his character is with the BCC. Um, and I truly, just a truly cool freaking moment. And it puts, was it like, oh, what, what, you know, and here's the thing too, you know, I know I've seen a lot of people like, oh, it's just Takeshka, right? But here's the thing though, Takeshka needed to be involved in something important at some point. And to put him with the BCC in this moment, I thought it was tremendously well done. Now Takeshka feels as such. He's not just a he's not just another fucking wrestler on this on this freaking roster. He's a part of now a badass freaking faction with Moxley, Danielson, Yuta, and Castanoli with the Blackpool Combat Club. It seems like that's what uh, that's what's going on here in the moment. Wheeler Yuta wins it for the BCC. It looked like it had it had some type of a roll up type of finish, um, which was very interesting. Way they had Yuta win the match, which was very interesting. Um, but yeah, the BCC 
win this match as Don Callis, the Blackpool Combat Club, and Takeshka stand tall as both, at this point, both pay-per-views, um, NXT Battleground and AW's Double or Nothing, goes off the air. So I'm going to make my tally here because uh, it's, it's clearly, it's, it's by default. Um, AEW gets that gets that tally there just for at least, you know, <laughs> the amount of shit, and I mean the drizzling shits about this pay-per-view, or at least for the most part about this pay-per-view, um, just at least you go home with some with, with some positivity, with some intrigue, with some captivating, sh- with some captivating stuff. Uh, the BCC winning this match definitely was the right call. There was no way you can have the Blackpool Combat Club lose this match. The Elite lose absolutely nothing, as I'm sure that this story um, now involving Takeshka is going to continue now. And there's a lot of ways you can now go in regards to Takeshka, you know, with the explanation of why he did what he did and really getting people and getting some eyeballs there. But yeah, man, so... And here's the thing, too, with Double or Nothing. I thought Double or Nothing was just... it Was it one of their best pay-per-views? No fucking shot. <laughs> was there some good in this show? Yeah. You, you had the Fatal 4-Way match, which was fine for what... At least the second half of that match, what it was. Uh, the tag match, FTR and Jay Lethal, tremendously well done. Um, Chris Statlander, I mean, I just... Again, I'm very still skeptical about that. Um, you know, I'm sure Brian, I'm sure we'll have a lot to say when he gets on here. So, I mean, there was some good in the show, but NXT, man, NXT Battleground was just far more fucking consistent in intrigue, in captivation, and just the quality of the matches itself. Um, it just, it was just flat out better. As, as you can see, as we reveal the final tally as the winner of this versus goes to NXT Battleground. NXT wins this four tallies to AEW's two tallies there. NXT Battleground was the better pay-per-view last night. Thank you guys for joining me on another episode of Ruthless Talk. Um, I had a lot of fun with this uh that this little uh, little twist um, for this show, um, like I said, I've been you know trying to come up with ways to figure out on how to get both of these shows or to talk both heavily about these shows, and uh, I feel like this was a fun, creative way to do so. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Whether you guys agree or disagree with this board, um, if you guys had fun with me, if you guys enjoyed this, if you guys want to see more of stuff like this, uh, make sure to let us know on our Facebook, on our Instagram, as well as our TikTok. Let us know if you guys want to see more type of reviews, more type of additions of pay-per-view reviews like this. Um, Let us know. We would love to continue to do so. And hopefully Brian Thomas comes back onto this platform to be a part of these types of reviews as well. So, but thank you guys once again uh, for tuning into this episode, uh, reviewing. This was a versus edition, the first edition of versus with NXT Battleground, versus double or nothing uh, for this review. Once again, happy Memorial Day to everybody that is celebrating. Hope that Hopefully everybody is enjoying their weekend. Hopefully everybody is enjoying uh, time with their family and with their friends. Um, hopefully you guys you know, continue to uh, keep up with future episodes as well um, as follow us on our social medias. 
Uh, make sure you guys join our Facebook group as well as follow us on Instagram and TikTok. That is ruthless underscore talk. Brian, shout out to you, my man. Can't wait to have you back on the show as we, me and Brian are back together once again to talk Monday Night Raw as there is a lot to get into after what, after the, the shit, <laughs> the drizzling shits that was freaking Night of Champions outside of the bloodline and everything else. You know, if you guys haven't seen uh, the Night of Champions review that I have published uh, yesterday, uh, or not yesterday, excuse me, Saturday, uh, make sure you guys go check that out now. It is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now. We did it. Uh, I did a review of that show, A Good and the Bad and the Ugly, on Saturday. It is up on the platform right now. So make sure you guys, before you guys check out or finish up this video, uh, make sure you guys go ahead and check out uh, that review um, from Saturday. So, of course, like I said, me and Brian will be back at it on Tuesday when we talk uh, Monday Night Raw and everything in the fallout in regards to Night of Champions and moving forward into Money in the Bank and SummerSlam. And then we are back to talk about AEW Dynamite and the fallout of this show, uh, Double or Nothing, as well as NXT, as there is a big freaking steel cage match between JC Jane and Gigi Dolan. I'm surprised it wasn't even on this card. I'm kind of disappointed it wasn't. Um, I felt like that that match, that that, you know, that type of setting deserves to be on a main event stage, but or a main event or a pay-per-view stage, I should say. Um, but that is going to be on Tuesday for NXT as we, I'm, I definitely plan on covering that and giving you guys my thoughts about that and really dissecting that match. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. And then we are back at it for SmackDown. Um, that'll be on Saturday. Me and Brian will be back together again as well on Saturday to talk SmackDown and another edition of our, you know, top five wrestlers of the week. Thank you guys once again for tuning into this episode. That is going to do it. My name is James Porcelli. Hope you guys are having a good weekend. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day. I am signing off saying salutes. Peace out. And take care of you.